At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. This will be kind of a short podcast, short and sweet. And I did one way back when called Random HVAC Thoughts. I guess this would be Random HVAC Thoughts Part 2. So I'm just going to kind of discuss and go over a couple of things that was on my mind and things that I've noticed through social media in the last little while. Now, the first one is kind of interesting. I got a message from someone through Facebook Messenger, and it was a video of their digital manifold, or sorry, not their digital manifold, their, just their manifold, regular analog comp- compound gauge set. And the handle was arcing off a piece of insulation while refrigerant was moving through the manifold set. Now, I've never seen this before. Um, I posted it because I asked him to post it to the page, HVAC Know It All on Facebook. And I apologize if you got, if you guys are not on Facebook, if you are go to the HVAC Know It All Facebook page and scroll through the last few posts. Cause it was from the other day and you can see this thing in action. Now, since then, I've got a couple of messages of other people that have experienced the same thing. I haven't experienced this myself, but people are telling me that they've actually had their their digital manifold shut off because of it. They've had their digital scale shut down because of it. Now it's very interesting to me and it's supposedly happening in drier climates because one thing you should know is that without humidity in the air, you can have static electricity. That's one of the reasons in server rooms, they try to keep the humidity level to a certain point because it reduces any chance of static electricity. Now, a lot of server rooms go in without any humidification in it nowadays. I've been noticing this a lot, and I actually spoke to a someone that's a high-end IT person about that, and he was telling me as long as the server racks are properly grounded, it's usually not a problem. You see this as well with um, if you go to the supply house and you buy like a a board for a furnace or an AC or whatever it is. It's usually in like an anti-static bag. It prevents the uh, the board from getting damaged. And a lot of tools um, to work on electronics are also anti-static tools as well. So people were saying that, like I said, their manifold shut down, the digital manifold, their, their scale shut down. And I've never experienced it myself, but it reminded me of a time back in the day where I was driving a boom truck through a warehouse and every time I touched the frame of it, I'd get a shock. Now, when I went back to um, kind of the hub where the maintenance shop was in the warehouse, I was telling the maintenance guy, I said, yeah, I'm getting a shock off of this. Like, it's weird. I've never gotten a shock off of this before. So he looked underneath and he's like, oh, the, the grounding, the grounding wire or the grounding ribbon or whatever it was, it was missing. So all we did is we, we took like a, a piece of wire fastened it to the chassis at the very bottom of the the genie boom and let it drag along the floor and 
the shocks that I was getting like disappeared. They were gone. So anybody that's ex- experiencing this type of, of thing, maybe look into a grounding setup. And I'd be interested to know if anybody has done this in the past and what it looks like. So if anybody's got some sort of grounding setup for for this when they're charging up a system and they're getting um, the static electricity, I'd like to see the grounding setup that you guys have used. And if anybody is going to implement one, I would like to see it as well. And then we can share it with everybody and kind of get to the bottom of it. And then it also protects our tools and, and all that kind of stuff. So that is one thought I had. Let's move on to the next one. Okay, so about two years ago, I think, two years ago, I decided that I'm going to try a replacement refrigerant for R22. And the one I tried was R424A. Now, I wanted to to try it because I think everybody needs a plan because eventually what people are predicting is the R22 that's left is going to deplete. Now, there's people out there saying, oh, it'll be around for our lifetime. Now, I don't know how they're making these bold predictions without a crystal ball because we have no idea if it's going to be around for our lifetime or the next five years or the next 10 years or whatever. Nobody knows. All right. Um, And that's one of the reasons that I was very intrigued with Blue On and their TDX20 refrigerant. R22 replacement. About a year back, they got in touch with me to post a video. And um, I watched the video before I posted it. And I'm like, this seems pretty cool. And we've kind of talked back and forth over the last year. And and I've learned some things. And, and they're really geared to... They're geared up to educate HVAC techs on refrigerants and blends. And their app is incredible with all the all these units. So my thought is here is don't just think that R22 is going to be around forever. Because it's not being shipped into the US anymore. Now, there is some weird kind of rule in Canada where it says um, 2020, the reduction is going to be 95%. And by 2030, it's going to be 100%. So I'm not really sure what that 5% is all about. I'm not sure if they're allowing some to come into Canada or not. It's kind of unclear. But by 2030, that last 5% is going to be 100%. It's going to be go from 95 to 100%. So I think it's important to have a plan. Like anything. It's important to have a retirement plan. It's important to have a plan for emergencies when you're working on a job site because we don't know what could go wrong at any given time. So that that's my thought here in this segment is just because R22, people are saying, oh, they got tons of stock at their warehouse. It doesn't mean that it's going to be around forever. I went to um, actually a supplier and I wanted um, three jugs of R22. This is about three, four months ago. And he had to check to see if he had it. He's like, I got to check to see if I have this. Now, if somebody says I got to check to see if I have it, that tells me that there's something going on. I remember walking into the supply house 10 years ago 
and seeing two skids full of R22 just sitting there ready to be purchased. So have a plan, guys. Maybe it's not TDX20. Maybe that's not your plan, but I mean, and it's not in Canada yet, but it's coming up here. I think that it's good to have a plan. And um, again, I am working with Blue On, but what they're doing is incredible with this app with 20,000-ish units on there with manuals and conversion instructions and 24-7 tech support. So if you get stuck during a conversion, you can call them and they'll help you through it. So that's my, that's my thought here, guys. Have a plan and follow it through because one day you might walk into the supplier, say, I need some R22 for that leaking unit down the street and they're not going to have any and you're going to go, oh man, what am I going to do now? Right? So at least test, right? At least test some things. The way I tested with the R24A, or sorry, the, the R424A a couple of years ago. I tested it and it worked. And I haven't had a problem with that unit since, as far as I know. So when you test and it's been working for a couple of years, you know that day when you go pick up that R22. Well, I've tested this and this. I know it works. Let's go to plan B. That's all I'm saying. Have a plan moving forward. The last couple of weeks, I've been getting a lot of messages about quick shot. AC Smart Seal quick shot. Now, the reason being is a lot of people have had success with it. And a lot of people have reported success with it in the right application. Okay, so if you have an older unit trying to get by to the next season, you have a walk-in cooler that's slightly short, it's not maintaining proper temperature, the customer doesn't want their food to spoil, they don't have a lot of money right now, you can't shut it down right now, this is the perfect solution for it and it's working and I've tested it for two years, it doesn't clog anything, trust me. Okay, so check it out if you're in the market, like I said, I've been getting messages for the last two weeks on the product. Um, especially from Canadians that can't find it here. Um, it's available throughout the U.S. in different supply houses. Um, a lot of Canadians are asking me where to get it in the Toronto area, and I've been kind of pushing them in the right direction. So it's just, it, it's an option for you guys, okay, to get you out of a jam. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it works. Refrigeration Technologies. Oh, man, my throat. <laughs> Refrigeration Technologies. Um, there's a product I use around this time quite a bit. It's called Viper Coil Cleaner. It comes in a red can. Okay, you spray it on a coil. It foams up. It extracts it, it extracts the dirt. Man, I'm still having throat issues. It extracts the dirt, and it degreases at the same time. Now, I have refrigeration equipment out there. It's not, um, not in abundance. I don't have a ton of it, but I got enough, and I got to maintain it. And every year around this time, I usually get up on a, a scissor lift, and I clean some evaps and whatnot and clean out the pans. And Viper Coil Cleaner is my go-to because it's absolutely fabulous stuff. XY Technologies, guys, I keep mentioning them over and over and over again. They got a fabulous product that allows you to connect with your customers trans and, and allow for transparency between the contractor and the customer. Okay, Skilled trades, plumbers, HVAC technicians... They have this stigma around that we're trying to rip people off. Well, you can't rip someone off if you have this 
if you have XY Technologies using their platform because you're recording the content and saying, hey, this is what's wrong. And then you create a link, you send it to the customer, show them, they see what's wrong. And then you go from there, you discuss. And it's creating work. The ROI is incredible from the companies that are using it because it's creating work, creating transparency between the customer and the contractor. And it keeps us all honest, which is very, very important. Anyway, guys, back to my random HVAC thoughts. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Harago, a trades-only platform helping you find the right job or the right candidate. Harago.com, best in trade. All right, so another random HVAC thought here is kind of something that has bugged me for a while. And it's comments that people make without actually knowing, knowing what they're saying. And this pertains to a certain part. This pertains to high limit switches. Now, generally speaking, most high limits that I come across are the snap disc kind. Like the bimetal snap disc with the two screws that go down and fasten into like a blower housing area or or the heat exchanger area, right? On a furnace, rooftop, whatever it may be. Most of the, the ones I come across are this style. Now, anytime a conversation comes up about testing a high limit. I shouldn't say any time, but a lot of times. I hear comments like, well, I heard that you can't test a high limit because it's only a one-time use. Well, these snap disc high limits, they're pretty versatile. And generally speaking, they will reset every time. Generally speaking. I say generally because... Parts fail. Parts always fail and have through the history of time and always will. So I just don't want people going out there saying, well, Gary said high limits never fail. They do. They could fail open. They could fail closed. Who knows? Right? But generally generally speaking, I have seen high limits, snap disc style, reset, no problem, 100% of the time. And I'll give you an example of this. And this has happened many times in my career. You get a call, no heating. You show up to the call, or sorry, the call comes in at the beginning of the day, but you're swamped and you can't get there till the end of the day. And you show up, the burner, you see the burner firing, you go, oh, it is heating. But then you open the blower door and the blower is like fried. It's dead. Sorry, something just buzzed through on my phone there. It's dead. Now what's happening is the thing is cycling on the limit switch. How many times did it cycle during that day? I don't know. Could have been a hundred for all I know. Could have been a hundred times. So generally speaking, high limits, the snap disc type, the bimetals, they will reset. And I test mine. I've, I try to test mine once a year. Okay, but a hundred percent of the time, if a new unit goes in, I don't do much install. So I don't start up brand new equipment very often but I will test them when the new unit goes in. I will also test them when I replace a heat exchanger. I will pull the belt off of the blower, or if it's not a belted blower, I will disconnect the electrical from the the contactor or something like that so the blower can't run. And I will test the high limit while I'm burning off the oil on the heat exchanger. Done this for years. So generally speaking, they will reset. They're not one-time use. If we're speaking about 
the bimetal snap disc type high limits. Now, I kind of got, by accident, got to see the inside of a, a one style of snap disc that's actually used as a rollout on a York rooftop unit. Now, I've said in the past, it's always a good idea to replace the rollouts on York rooftop units because they cause issues. It makes you think the ignition module is failed, but it's not. It's actually the rollout. It shows power moving through it, but the ignition module won't spark. You jump that rollout switch out, now the ignition module sparks. The rollout is the problem, not the ignition module. Seen this countless times. But I replaced a rollout on a York rooftop last week. And as I'm tugging on some wire to get some more slack for my module that was also bad, I yanked a little bit too hard and my brand new rollout popped open. <laughs> shit happens on a job site. That shit just happened to me that day. Luckily, it wasn't like a, an emergency or anything, and I got another one the next day, put it in, everything was good. But what I learned from this is I got to see the internals of, of the switch and how it worked. Now, this particular rollout is responsible for two burners to break uh, power to two burners in a rollout condition. So basically, it has two switches in it. Now, I posted these in the past, and people say, oh, that's not a rollout, that's a sequencer, it's not not a sequencer. A sequencer actually has a little um, heating element inside that heats up the bimetal inside. This rollout does not have its own heater inside. It's just a bimetal and it's activated by a flame rolling out basically, essentially. That's how it works. So it came apart into three pieces or actually four pieces. First piece was the, the metal plate that fastens down to the unit. Um, the bimetal snap disc sat inside of that. And then there was this white push rod that sat on top of the bimetal and got inserted into the plastic piece where the switch is. So basically what, what happens is when you heat that bimetal up, it changes position, it snaps, right? Um, from basically a convex shape, if you're looking on the outside, to a concave shape. And it pushes up that rod and opens up the switch. So I thought that was cool to see that. But like I said, going back to my original rant, these snap disks, they reset all the time. So if you, if you hear these people say, um, don't test a high limit because it's a one-time use, it doesn't reset, that's what I've heard, that's wrong. Okay, that's wrong. But like I said, generally speaking, that's wrong. Things do fail. So just be wary of that. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in and listening to my ranting and raving. Basically, that's what it is, ranting and raving. And like I said to Neville, or I was saying during the podcast when I interviewed Neville, it's almost like therapy in a way when you get to speak and get things off your chest. So in a way, I'm on the couch and you guys are like my, th my psychotherapist, you're my psychiatrist, if you will. And I'm the patient and I'm just getting things off my chest. <laughs> kind of, sort of, but anyway, guys, have a safe, happy, prosperous 2020, and by the way, that XOI link, guys, I'm going to leave it in the podcast notes, so you guys can scroll down and click on it if you're interested in the $500 cash reward and the 30-day free trial that's available for you guys to check out. I'm out. Happy HVACing.